0: So in those days leading up to Jesus' birth, the headlines were much like they are today. They spoke of violence, unfair taxes, unnecessary displays of power and strength. Meanwhile, unknown to most of the world, something important was happening in the overlooked town of Bethlehem. I'd love for you to Follow along with me as I read these words. We're going to read the entire birth narrative from in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Every year we rehearse these words. We say them over and over and over again because this story is that good. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria As they had been told. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to take a look over here and see uh, who we got connecting with us today. Um, It's always uh, encouraging for me uh, to uh, to read through the comments and kind of see who's out there because I'm just sitting here talking to myself right now it feels like. so yeah it's good to see all of you all here um, see a lot of different folks connecting with us thank you all for doing that and being a part of this today Um, i know that connecting online maybe is not exactly what uh, some of y'all wanted this evening Um, if you want to be in person come on out tomorrow we'll be here but i appreciate y'all being willing to connect um, with us and take this moment out of your day i just have a few um, words to share with you this evening um, and, and these words that I have to share with you are inspired by the lives and the work of two of my heroes. And I've mentioned these folks, if you've been a part of Embrace, you've heard me talk about uh, these guys before. But um, the first one is Howard Thurman, and the second is Oscar Romero. Howard Thurman has been uh, referred to as kind of the spiritual director or the spiritual um, advisor to uh, the freedom movement um, in America, the Black Freedom Movement. He he's a was a deep thinker uh, in many ways, a mystic, but was deeply in touch with the struggle um, and pain of his people. And so he he shares this quote from a book he wrote um, or a book about him called The Mood of Christmas and Other Celebrations. And so I want to read this quote for you uh, this evening. So let me pull it up here. He says, "The symbol of Christmas." what is it? So what is Christmas all about? That's what he's asking. What's the symbol? How can we think about Christmas? It is the rainbow arched over the roof of the sky when the clouds are heavy with foreboding. I love that. The rainbow over the roof of the sky when the clouds are heavy. It's that that sign of life in the midst of something dark and heavy. It is the cry of life In the newborn babe, when forced from his mother's nest, it claims its right to live. It is in the brooding presence of the eternal spirit, making crooked paths straight, rough places smooth, tired hearts refreshed, dead hopes stir with newness of life. I love that. The brooding presence of the eternal spirit, working in this world, making crooked paths straight, rough places smooth, tired hearts refreshed, Dead hopes stir with newness of life. It is the promise of tomorrow at the close of every day. It is the movement of life in defiance of death and the assurance that love is sturdier than hate, that right is more confident than wrong, and that good is more permanent than evil. I just love uh, this quote so much. There's so much meat there, but this is the way he viewed Christmas. I love that. The promise of tomorrow at the close of every day. The movement of life in defiance of death. The assurance that love is sturdier than hate. That right is more confident than wrong. That good is more permanent than evil. I don't know about you all, but just reading that quote, and if that is what Christmas is about, um, then I need Christmas this year. What about you all? Uh, Do you all agree with me? Do y'all need that promise of tomorrow? Do you need that movement of life in defiance of death? You know, every single year, we come back to this same story, yet it never grows old. Every year, we celebrate Christmas. We are reminded once again that there is reason to have hope. There is reason. I've struggled to have hope at times this past year, particularly in the last few months. But Christmas reminds me that there is reason to hope because God has come. God has come. And God's spirit was let loose in the world, working through ordinary people like Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna, the Magi, the shepherds. The spirit working through ordinary people like you and like me to make all things new. Christmas ought to wake us up to the reality that God is not far off, that he is working in this world. And because of that, we can have hope. Howard Thurman talked about the mood of Christmas. That's what this uh, book was called, The Mood of Christmas. And for me, uh, the mood of Christmas, it's a little dark, but, but it's like light entering into the darkness. The mood of Christmas for me is its resilient hope. It's defiant joy. It's courageous love, not sentimental love or, or kind of a, a fake joy or, or kind of a, a foolish hope. But it's that resilient hope, that defiant joy, courageous love. Even in the midst of deep darkness and violence and death. And I'm trying to hold on to all those things this season. The characters in the Nativity story that, that I read for you, and, and coming up even before it, an earlier chapter in Luke, they were living under what we could call the shadow of the Roman Empire. Luke is very straightforward about the reality of what they were facing. This is no fairy tale, this is no myth, no, this is a real story that took place during dark times, particularly dark times for Jews who were living in Palestine. The story begins in those days. This marks it, in those days. This is a real life thing. In those days, in those days when there was insurrection, there was oppression, there was that kind of heavy oppressive taxation, there was political intrigue, there was drama. In those days of slavery and sickness and starvation, in those days of tyrant kings, a love that Luke names them, Herod, Quirinius, Caesar Augustus, these were feared individuals. In those days, God's eternal spirit showed up bringing hope, fresh vision, and life-changing good news of redemption. Here's an example of what happens when God's eternal spirit is let loose in the world. I love it that Zechariah, Mary, and Simeon, all in the early chapters of Luke, they all were filled with God's spirit. And what did they do? They started singing. They immediately burst into song and they sang three defiant songs of joy and praise and thanksgiving. Even in those days when things were so bleak. They sang, even in those days. God's eternal spirit opened their eyes to see that God had entered the world in this baby named Jesus. In those days, God didn't remain far off. God had entered the world in this baby named Jesus. In those days, God saw them, and he did not remain far off, but entered the world to bring the love of God to everyone who would receive it. No wonder they sang songs of joy. Oscar Romero shared um, some words that I want to share with you. Oscar Romero was um, an archbishop in, down in um, South America and just a, a powerful, um, powerful person. And he was actually in Central America in El Salvador. Um, and, and the things that, that he went through um, were unspeakable. And actually he gave up his life. Um, for his people. He was he was murdered actually while he was giving mass um, by people who did not like the way he was standing up for the poor and marginalized in his country. And, and I love kind of what he shares. He shared these words to his people um, who were living in tumultuous times under the shadow of oppressive authorities in El Salvador. And I want to read these words and I'll put them here on the screen for you. He says every year, for 20 centuries now, we remember this night when the kingdom of God arrived in the world, this night when Christ inaugurated the fullness of time. His birth signifies that God is walking with humans in history. We are not alone on our journey. We can hope for peace and justice. In a kingdom of divine right, we can hope for something holy and far beyond earthly realities. Not because we humans can create this blessing proclaimed by God's sacred words, but because God is already in the midst of humanity, building a kingdom of justice and love and peace. I'll leave that on there just for a moment. I love that his birth signifies that God is walking with humans in history. We are not alone on our journey. We can hope and we can long and we can expect this future day uh, when when all will be made bright, not because we can achieve it on our own efforts, but because God is here among us, working alongside of us to build a kingdom of justice and love and peace. And Christmas reminds us that God is not far off. We can hope for peace and justice, something beyond what we can see, not because we can achieve it by our own efforts, but because God entered our world, chose to walk alongside us, and is partnering with us now through his eternal spirit to establish his kingdom of justice and love and peace here on earth. Throughout Advent, we've been walking this path of promise, being reminded of all the promises that were fulfilled in Jesus in Bethlehem. We've been walking this path of promise. I want to show you uh, this video real quick um, of the footprints that you all made over the course of this year. Since we're not in the sanctuary and some of you may not be there tomorrow, I want you to see it. But the footprints are leading to Bethlehem and the fulfillment of the promise. And the footprints are us walking together, clinging to the promises, giving us and sustaining us as we're on this journey. We have been on this journey uh, to Bethlehem. We've been on this journey together, walking the path of promise, together clinging to the promises of God. And, and it has been, uh, it's been, it's been an enlightening thing to read all the promises that God gave us in Isaiah and, and cling to those promises. And we know we see the fulfillment in part of those promises in Jesus' first coming. And we long for the day when he will come back and make all things right in his second coming. Today, we live under the shadow of COVID-19. Still, it's still around. Um, We live under the shadow of all these other sicknesses that people are getting right now. We live under the shadow of a deeply divided and fractured nation. We live under the shadow of a climate catastrophe that is wreaking havoc On our entire world particularly on the poor across our world we live under the shadow of drug addiction depleting mental health broken families under the shadow of poverty and gun violence and loneliness and fear and i'm grateful that christmas comes around every 365 days i'm grateful that our church rhythm forces us to revisit this story each year each year we come back to this redemptive story that never grows old that's always breathing life and light into our darkest moments. Every year we celebrate Christmas, we are reminded once again that there is reason to have hope because God has come and God's spirit has been let loose in the world, working through ordinary people like you and like me to make all things new. The story of Christmas is not just like some old tale, right, to make us feel good. But the story of Christmas is an invitation to all of humanity to join God in his work of redemption, which began in Jesus, but continues through us if we are willing to accept the invitation of Christmas. I'll close uh, my message with uh, a poem from Howard Thurman. It's called The Work of Christmas. And this was being shared quite a bit last year uh, during Christmas, um, but it's always spoke to me and I want to share it says when the song of the angels is stilled when the star in the sky is gone when the kings and princes are home when the shepherds are back with their flocks the work of christmas begins to find the lost to heal the broken to feed the hungry to release the prisoner to rebuild the nations to bring peace among the people to make music in the heart In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what we're going to do now is um, we're going to light candles. And so if you have candles at home uh, that you have set aside for this time, um, then I would love for you to get those out. If not, you can look at the candles that I'll have on the screen in just a moment. But as we see those flames burning across this room, or in your homes, or or burning in my room or in your homes where you're at tonight or wherever you may be, um, I want you to be reminded that, that God is with you, that God loves you deeply, and that you're okay with Jesus, that even in the midst of incredibly dark times, that God's light has entered our world, that Jesus has come. Jesus will come again, but Jesus is also continually coming and showing up for us each and every moment of the day. That he's always showing up. That's who God is. God is a God who shows up. And that light reminds us of that. You know, that night that Jesus was born, maybe it wasn't as silent as the song says, but inwardly, the people gathered around the Christ child, experienced a peace that passes all understanding. They were filled with joy as their hope was renewed because they knew that they were loved by God, that God had seen them and God had showed up for them. They received the light of Jesus, and then they shared that light with the world. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a new light has dawned.